thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 229 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're continuing on with day two of our live training series that we've been doing last week and this week. We are talking all about the three essential ingredients that you need to achieve your running goals. We want to help you run faster, run longer, do all of it without injury, and really it's about creating a life that you love, creating a healthy life that you are excited to live because that's what it's all about. That's what running is all about, right? Running is a vehicle for us to see what we're capable of, to challenge ourselves, to see, you know, what kind of life we want to live. And it's fantastic. And we are just having an absolute blast in these live trainings, interacting with you. It is not too late to sign up. Head over to the website, realliferunners.com. Click on the button right there and it'll take you to the registration page so that you can join us in our three-part live training. You'll also get access to all of the replays for from days one and two so that you don't have to miss anything. And then if you register now, you will still be able to join us live for day three on December 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So again, head over to the website, realliferunners.com, click on the button to register, and we will see you live. And here is part two. Enjoy. All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome to part two of our three-part live training on the three essential ingredients for your running success to help you achieve your goals and live the life that you want to live. Can we? Can you guys hear me okay? Let me know in the chat. Make sure that my microphone is good. Audio is good. All right. Bruce is joining us from Ohio. As you guys, thanks for the thumbs up there, Ange. Um, as you guys join us, please let us know where are you joining us from? We would love to connect with you. That's one of the things that we absolutely love about these live trainings. It's it's to come on and to connect with you guys, to teach you some things that maybe you, you don't know yet and ways for you to improve your running because we want this world filled with happy, fulfilled runners. Yeah, it makes The world will be people. a better place. Let's be honest. The world would be so much better yeah. if it was just filled with really happy, fulfilled runners. Hi from Louisville. Hi from Newcastle, England. Hi, you guys. Welcome. All right. We're going to get started here so that we are respectful of everybody's time. Um, Give me one second. I'm going to pull up our little slideshow here, and then we'll get this party started. Okay. Share the slides. People keep rolling into the room. All so right. It's also good. Can everybody see the slides? Okay. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Excellent. All right. Cool. All right, we're just going to move this over a little bit and we'll get started. All right, you guys. So we are so happy to be back with you today. Um, So on the second day of our three part live training series, you guys. So we like we said, you know, we are just here to help you achieve your goals because that's really what lights us up. That's what gets us so excited is seeing other runners achieve their goals. So before we get started, let us know. Give me a yes if you were here live with us for part one. And if you weren't, let write the word replay if you've already gone back and watched the replay for day one. I was going to say, let's make sure we've got that replay also, because yeah. the replay is huge. Like yeah. the live interaction is amazing because then you get any questions that pop up as you go. It's just nice to have this group coming through. But if you caught the replay and you really put the effort forth to not just passively listen to it, but interact and do the things in the replay, Mm -hmm. that's pretty worthwhile as well. Totally. Um, And did you guys, have you downloaded your workbook? That's the other thing. Okay. Because I want to make sure that I just wanted to remind you that this training is better when you are an active participant. Okay. Yes. It's great for you to come and join us and listen to some of these things, but your success will 10x itself if you download the workbook, if you actually take these concepts that we're teaching you and put them into practice, figure out how they work in your life. Yeah, not just download the workbook, then actually write things in the notebook and Mm -hmm. make sure that you're doing the workbook so that you can then start having that growth. That's the key is putting the effort forth. Like we can't run the miles for you. We can't do the work for you. You've got to do it. And you're here now, so you're open to it. That's a huge step. Now take the next step 
get the notebook, get the workbook and go through the process. Exactly. Because just by you showing up here today, whether or not you're live or whether or not you've taken the time to watch this on a replay, we know that you've given us one of your most precious gifts and that's your time. And we spend the time in our lives on what's most important to us. So that means that your health and your running are something that you highly value and that you prioritize. So we are not going to take advantage of that. We are going to make very good use of your time that you choose to spend on this so that we can help you become the runner that you want to be so that you can achieve your goals. So before we get started, I want you to let me know in the chat, what is one thing that you would like to improve about your running right now? Okay. Let us know. And as you guys put those into the chat, then we're going to move on with the presentation. Let us know one thing so that if that one thing improved, then it would make this whole training worthwhile. Okay. Let us know that. All right. This little box is a little tough here to try to admit new people while we're, there we go. Did I get her? Yeah, you got her. I think I got her. (laughs) All right, let's roll. All right. So just as a reminder from last time, okay. Training with a purpose is the only way to run faster and longer without injury so that you can feel amazing and create an active life that you love. You know that now after you watched day one of the training, okay? Just in case you haven't watched day one, if you're catching this on Facebook, we're Angie and Kevin Brown. We're the creators of the Real Life Runners Training Academy and podcast. We're runners, we're spouses, we're parents. I'm a doctor of physical therapy and a running and health coach. I'm a high school teacher and coach, cross country and track coach. And we've both been coaching high school runners and recreational runners around the world for years, for uh, over a decade. For over a decade. Yeah. So if you're a runner that wants to be able to run faster and longer without injury, you're going to discover why training with a purpose and creating a lifestyle around your running is the best and really the only way that you are going to create sustainable change and sustainable improvement in your life and in your running. Right. It's, it's the, the lifestyle that allows you to actually live the life and, and run with the purpose that you want so you can actually gain the goals that you're aiming for. Right. So on day one, we showed you exactly why all of this was true. We talked about how all of us get into running to improve our health and our lives in some way and why running is a fantastic way to do this, right? Running is simply a vehicle for us to... Ha- you know, improve in all areas of our life, both physically and mentally, because we get physical and mental benefits from running and runners in general live healthier lifestyles, which than non-runners, right? Which we showed you in the research even can show that runners live longer and happier lives. That's a good combo, the longer and happier. And that's, I mean, there is research to back it up that is both longer and more fulfilling and happy. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how a lot of people seem to have this whole thing backwards, that they're pretty confident that they need to run faster or longer. And that's actually how they start feeling more like a runner. But you've got to flip this thing and start feeling like the runner saying, that I am a runner and then you'll start doing the things where the improvements are actually coming around. Then you start putting the actions into into uh, place. Yes, exactly. So ultimately we have to believe first. We need to know that we are a runner first because our identity That's the cornerstone that dictates how we choose to live our lives. If you don't believe that you're a runner, if you don't believe that improvement is possible, if you want to tell me all the things that are holding you back and you want to believe in all of those excuses and reasons, you're not going to get the results that you want. And I want you to know, like, this isn't just something that's wrong with you. This is how our human brains are wired, right? We are just going to help teach you in this training. And then obviously we go into much greater depth of this inside our Real Life Runners Training Academy. We like to teach you how to think differently, how to harness the power of your brain so that you can get better results in your running and in the rest of your life. Right. And that's everything that day one was all about is realizing the importance of your brain. You have to start actually believing in the possibility and putting your mind mind in that place before you actually start putting your body in that place. Right. Because you have a choice. So you, you can either believe in your limitations or you can choose to believe in possibilities. Right. And I think that possibilities opens up a lot 
better results. Those are the results that we really want to have in our running, in our health, in our lives, right? We also talked about the idea that being fit is not the same thing as being healthy and how so many runners actually sacrifice their health in pursuit of their running goals, which is the exact opposite reason that they got into running in the first place, right? It, it, by when people start pushing too hard and sacrificing recovery and not being committed and doing, doing all these things, they're actually sacrificing their long-term health in the process or in pursuit of their running goal when they're pushing too hard and not listening to their body. Right. You got to take some awareness of the situation, realize what you're doing mentally and physically is that very short-term running goal actually going to benefit your long-term health, especially if long-term health is really one of the guiding principles of why we're all here in the first place. We're all here to live longer and happier. So you got to make sure that's actually at the forefront. Right. So if you haven't yet, Go back and watch day one after this training. You can still finish on this training because like we said, we just did a little recap for you, but there's still a lot of really powerful things in day one. So if you haven't yet, make sure you go back and catch that replay because that's going to set the foundation for everything else that we do both today and Thursday. So on to today, okay, in day one, you learn the first ingredient for your running success, which is your mind, right? We just talked about that right now. Today, we're going to show you the other two ingredients that every runner needs in order to improve their health, improve their running, and create that active lifestyle that they want to have. Right. But before we get into that, we've got a few other issues that may come up and pop up as beliefs and thoughts in your head that might be holding you back from actually unleashing your full potential. Exactly. All right. So what we want to know, have you ever thought about this? Okay. Why don't you currently have the results that you want in your running right now? Okay. Because you probably don't, because that's probably why you're here. Right. There's something that you want, right? There's something when you say that you want to improve something and I'm waiting, you know, please continue to put those into the chat of what do you want to improve about your running? Do you want to be able to run faster? Do you want to be able to run longer? Do you want to be able to run without injury, without pain, right? Is there a certain race that you're training for that you want to be able to run sometime in the future? What is it that you want out of your running? All of that. Yes. Yep. <laughs> good. Then Denise, you <laughs> are in the that's right the answer. and you're in the right place because the good news is all of that is possible as long as you have all of the ingredients. And that's what we're showing you with this training. Jillian, I struggled for four years in a running club where the only instructions was run a lot and see how fast you will get. It didn't work. Yes, you are very right. Yeah. And it's unfortunate, right? Because there is a very specific way to train that's training with a purpose. Like we talked about before, right? And what we're going to help explain to you guys today is that training with a purpose, although it has, we have guiding principles, right? There are the essential ingredients. There's a whole framework that we've created that we're going to explain to you guys, but it does look a little bit different for everybody, right? Everybody's purpose is a little bit different. You know, there's nuance there, but ultimately we all want to live, I think, a life that we love, a life without limitations. We want to be able to challenge ourselves and see what we're truly capable of, right? Yeah, living a life that you love is a great purpose. And what that means for one person and the next person Mm -hmm. is not necessarily the same. One person's path of running joy enjoyment is Mm -hmm. not well hers and mine. They don't they don't necessarily match each other, and yet we're still trying to get the best and happiest life. can through running. Yes. So if that sounds like you, something that you want, give me a yes in the chat box. Are those things, is that why you're here? Because I want to make sure you're in the right place. I want to make sure you're here because you want those things too, because I don't want to waste your time, right? If you are only concerned about the number on the clock. And you're hoping for the shortcut to the magic plan that will in fact be the answer to how to get that PR. Then we might not be the coaches for you. And that's okay, right? We don't want to waste your time. We are here because we we understand there's a higher purpose here, right? There's something more to it. Yes, we want to run faster. We want to run longer. We want to feel incredible. We want to be strong, right? That is all part of it, okay? So, all right, now, why don't you currently have the results that you have? Yes, I want to be able to run when I'm a little old lady. Hey, amen to that, Jillian. I do too. I think that's when Angie's going to start signing up for like the, <laughs> the track meets, the international track meets. She's waiting until she reaches like 70. Oh, then yeah. she's going to get the uniform and for start sure. running. And running I, just, I just have to outlive them all. That's it. That's how I can become the fastest, right? All right, so here are some common reasons 
um, that a lot of people don't have the results that they want. So have you ever thought these things? Okay, let us know in the chat. All right, number one, have you ever thought in order to get better, I just have to push harder or do more? Yes. Jillian already said that's how her running club, okay, the people that were running the running club were running the running club. Right? That's what they told her. Just run more, run, push harder, right? So we want to challenge this belief, all right? Number one, how has that worked out for you in the past? Yeah, that's a big Has one. that worked? Just actually pause and think about that one for a second of, if that's how I've been training before, did I actually get the results that I wanted? Yeah. And maybe maybe you did for a little bit, yeah. but then it didn't necessarily lead to the joy and the happiness. Mm-hmm. And it may have led to some injury and some like upsetness with that. Yeah. And this is the thing that I think we're, this is where how a lot of runners get frustrated at the beginning, which actually leads a lot of runners to give up, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. they, they go out and they just start running. Right. And when we, when we're new to things, we just automatically make a natural improvement. But at some point in time, our progress kind of starts to plateau. It kind of starts to fall off. Right. And then we think, well, okay, well, then maybe I just means I need to do more or I have to push harder, right? To keep getting progress, to keep progressing. Does that sound familiar? Can anybody relate to that, right? And it just sort of makes small incremental things, but those steps get smaller and smaller as you just keep pushing more and more. And, right, like it's just, it's the natural progression when you're a runner. Like at some point when that stops, we think we need to push more, but the answer is not that at all, okay? The answer is that you have to start training differently because- pushing hard all of the time without getting enough rest, without getting enough recovery is going to break the body down and lead to injury and burnout. And this is why, okay. During your workouts, during those harder runs, anything that's not easy, right? If it's, even if it's a medium pace, right. And if you talk to most runners, when they just go out and run on a normal run, most of them are pushing into like a medium to moderate range, right? If you Assess how you feel on a scale of one to 10. Most runners are like around a five or a six, right? Would you guys agree that that's kind of what your normal, your normal runs are? Normal run, medium pace. And so the medium pace is actually breaking your body down. All right. And then in recovery, your body builds back up stronger than it was before. So if you're constantly breaking the body down and not recovering properly, you can understand why you aren't getting the results you want, right? Because you're just breaking down, right? So say you break it down a little bit and then you recover, but you don't quite recover all the way up and you just keep going down, down, down. You recover a little bit and then break it down and then a little bit and then break it down. You're just declining until ultimately you're going to get burnt out, injured, or sick. Those are like the three most common things. Yeah, this is like pruning a plant. You want to trim it back a little bit so that it can actually grow back with some big, beautiful flowers on it. But if you trim it back and then two days later, you trim it down again and then you trim it down again, you're never actually growing the flower there. You have to give it time to grow back bigger and stronger. Exactly. And we know this because... We learned this firsthand. Right? Yeah, yeah, we did. We learned this lesson many times. <laughs> and we talked about this in our last um, presentation where we told you a little bit about our story and what led us here, right? So it's not like we're just standing here spouting out all these things. We know it. Not only have we done a lot of research, but we've also lived these things firsthand, right? And we were doing all of the things, but totally ignoring others. And it totally backfired, right? And we don't want you to have to go through those same things. That's why we want to use our story in our lives to help you kind of bypass that part. You don't have to go through, you know, those um, terrible things, even though I know a lot of you probably already have gone through something, right? A lot of you, I know from day one came in because you already have been injured. You already have had some of those things happen, right? But we want to try to prevent those in the future. All right. Number two, the thing that we hear is that I don't have the results that I want because I don't have enough motivation. Yeah, that's always a good one. But we have the best news for you. It's great news. The best news ever is that you don't need motivation. So many runners think they need motivation, but motivation is just a feeling. And like every feeling, it comes and goes, right? Sometimes we're happy. Sometimes we're sad. Sometimes we're like elated. Sometimes we're depressed, right? Our feelings vacillate all the time, right? There's ups and there's downs and there's motivated and there's not motivated, right? And so motivation is a feeling. So if you don't have motivation one day, nothing has gone wrong. Nothing is wrong with you. You're just a human being with normal feelings and emotions and feeling motivation is a feeling, right? So you can't rely on motivation 
if you want real results in your running or anywhere else in your life, right? Yeah, you have to go beyond motivation. What you go to is purpose. What you go to is the reason you're actually running, not, oh, I'm fired up to go out and run right this second because I just watched an inspirational video. I just heard this awesome talk. It was amazing. That's not going to get you out the door day after day. You need that deeper purpose. That's what actually builds the consistency. That's what creates the commitment. Mm -hmm. And you are fully in charge of understanding your purpose. And therefore, you're in charge of your own consistency, your own commitment to this. You are in charge of showing up, making the choice that you get to actually go out and do the thing. You can go work out. You can go run. You can go strength train. Whatever the thing is that you need to do that day, you're in charge. Yeah. And that's the best news ever, right? Like, because when you are the one that's in charge, you are the one that can decide and make the choice on what you want to do. You don't have to rely on motivation just magically showing up right? So this is like the best news ever, right? You are in charge. And that's why establishing a purpose, right? Going back to what we talked about before, training with a purpose is key. When you know your why behind it, and when you know your purpose for each workout or for each training cycle, you're more likely to stick to it, right? You just simply get to make a choice on what you're doing that day. And so much of that choice is also rooted in your identity, which we talked about on day one, right? You make a choice based on the kind of person that you think you are, and also based on the type of person that you want to be, right? You want to live a certain lifestyle. You want to have certain results in your life. So you have to think to yourself, okay, who do I need to be? How do I need to act? What do I need to do to get those results, right? And so when you make it a part of your identity, when you make it a part of just your lifestyle, when you train with that deeper purpose, that deeper understanding, you don't have to worry about motivation. It becomes just a part of your normal life and your routine. And then you're just going to be more likely to do it because it's just a part of what you do. Right. Once it's routine, then there's not really a question of, oh man, I have to get fired up to do this thing because it's routine. You don't get fired up to do routine activities. You just do them because there's there's an underlying reason to it. I know that I'm supposed to do this activity. Yeah. Okay. How about number three? Give me a three in the chat if this sounds like like you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Running doesn't feel good. I have a pain or injury that limits me. So maybe just, maybe running just doesn't feel good, right? Maybe it hurts to run every single time you go out there or, or sometimes, or you're not quite sure when that injury is going to flare up. Oh, that's the tricky one of it feels fine up until, you know, like two weeks from now. And then maybe you're feeling fine right now, but every once in a while that thing just flares up seemingly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And if this is you, No wonder you're having a hard time staying consistent and motivated, right? If running doesn't feel good, it makes complete sense why it would be so hard to do it consistently, right? Again, nothing's gone wrong here. You're a human with a human brain. Your brain does not like discomfort. And if something doesn't feel good, that's a really big hurdle to overcome day after day. You can get through it sometimes, right? We can use sure willpower to just decide, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go do it anyway, right? But fatigue sets in, right? There's only so much willpower that actually will last you, right? That's why, again, willpower and motivation are not what you need if you want to run consistently, right? But what if running felt better? What if you didn't have all of those aches and pains every time you headed out for a run? What if running made you feel strong, amazing, empowered? And yeah, and that's that's what training with purpose will do for you. If you know the why behind why you're going out and running, you actually have some thought into this. And it's not just mindless. I need to go out and run and I'm going to push really hard. Mm-hmm. And I don't really feel like doing this, but I just watch that fire up, uh, listen to the fire up song. So off I go, yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable and you will eventually reach a point where you're fed up with it. And then you don't want to do it anymore. That breaks down the consistency. And as soon as you break the consistency, you lose the progress. That's why the purpose that's there, that's your deeper purpose that maintains consistency day upon day, that's your path to super growth. 
Right. And so I don't know um, if you guys were here on day one, or again, if you watched the replay, but I read something by one of our current clients, Renee, who posted on Instagram the other day. So if you think to yourself, yeah, that sounds really good, but it's kind of a pipe dream. Like every time I run, I have pain. Like you've just accepted that as truth, right? As reality. Sometimes it's hard to believe that it is possible to run without pain, to run without injury, but I want to ensure you that it is. Okay. I used to have pain in my the front of my ankle. Okay. I'm not going to get too technical with anatomical terms right now. Okay. Again, that's that physical therapist background for me, but I used to have pain in the front of my ankle. I used to have to tape myself and whatnot. And once I changed my training and again, trained with that purpose and learned everything that I know now, I no longer have pain when I run. Same thing with Renee. Renee believed in herself and believed in us. And I am so thankful that she did. She sends me messages several, like, you know, I've gotten several messages from her in the course of like, she's been working with us now for about two months. Just she's in shock, in disbelief that she can wake up every day and her hip is not stiff anymore. Her knees not bothering her when she goes out for a run, like these aches and pains, not only did she have them when she was running, but they were around in her daily life. Like every time she got out of a car, she would tell me every time I get out of a car, my hip is so tight and so stiff. I have to limp for like a few steps before I can actually start walking normally. Right. And she doesn't have that anymore because she started training differently. She started training with a purpose. There's a purpose to every single one of her runs. And she started doing her strength training and she started, you know, going, um, training according to our method. And now she has no pain, not just when she's running, but in her daily life as well. Right. Because once you have that purpose, then you know how to build an actual appropriate and proper running foundation. So you're not trying to shortcut your way to anything. You take the time to build a running foundation, which is what we're going to go over today Mm -hmm. is what that actually means. And the answer is not more mileage and push harder. Definitely not. All right. And then here you go. How about this one? Has anybody ever thought about this one? I will raise my hand. This was definitely my story. If I build my lifestyle around my running, that will take me away from my family. And that means I'm selfish or that will make me selfish, right? Has anybody had that guilt around taking time for your training because it takes time away from other people in your life that you love and that you think you should be prioritizing, right? That you want to prioritize. Has anyone ever felt that way? Yeah. I mean, that might not be a perpetual thing, but I think that a lot of us have felt that way at mm-hmm. one point or another. And then we're like, oh man, I don't have the motivation to do it. No, you just have other thoughts that you need to spend time in different areas outside of your running that you can't change your lifestyle to be centered around running. Running can still be a key component of your lifestyle without abandoning everybody around you. If you one of the things I want to ask you here is how well do you really show up for your family if it's always all about them and nothing is about you? Okay. This was a hard truth and reality that I had to learn for myself. And quite frankly, I will be hundred percent honest with you guys, because this is real life runners. It's something that I'm still working on every day, right? I had a coaching call with my coach today about it because I really want to go get a massage and I haven't taken the time to schedule it because of other priorities. It's the holidays, all these other things, right? Um, but are you being the best mom, dad, spouse, whatever role when you ignore yourself, right? Do you ever feel like, do you ever feel selfish when you do take that time away from yourself? Um, and I think that this is something that's really powerful and that not a lot of us want to admit to, but have you ever felt like even just a small ounce of resentment? towards your kids, towards your family, towards your coworkers, towards your boss, whoever it is that is demanding, putting demands on your time when that happens, right? Like there is that little low level as much as we might not want to admit it, right? And that's the last thing we want to do. The last thing we want is to end up resenting the people in our lives that we love because we're not taking good care 
of ourselves. Right. If the goal is to spend quality time with those people, but that time has resentment in the back of your head, that's not quality time. You're annoyed to be in that situation. And what you want to do is actually be present and a more positive person when you're around with the important people in your life. This is the old put on your oxygen mask on the plane before you take care of the small people that you're with. You can't take care of everybody else if you never take care of yourself. Right. Because how well can you take care of your family if you don't have energy, right? If you have decreased self-confidence, if you're not feeling good about yourself, Is that the example that you want to set for them? What are you teaching them about priorities, about self-love, right? They learn by watching. Believe me, I get it. I wish it would be as easy as just like telling them what to do, right? Do what I say and not what I do. But they learn by watching us, right? So we are setting an example for them every day with everything that we do or don't do. Michelle says, yes, mom of a five-year-old and a two-year-old. I feel that tough to balance family as well as my own personal time. A hundred percent, Michelle. I totally get it. I don't have you, if you've gone back and watched day one, I tell you my story about how my daughters were literally holding my legs as I was trying to go out for a run and how I just broke down as soon as I closed the door. Mom guilt is real. Dad guilt is real, right? We want to be there. We want to do for our families. But if we don't take care of ourselves first, we will not be the best version of ourselves for them. And I know this because I've made that shift, right? I used to just, it took me after my second baby, I was inconsistent for three and a half years, you guys. This is real. I get it, right? But when I decided, when I made that commitment, after I hurt my back, I committed to myself that I was going to prioritize my health because I wanted to be the mom, the active mom, the act, the mom that was able to lift up her kids and throw them in the air and sit on the floor and play with them and do all the things, right? Coach them in their sports. That's the mom I wanted to be. So I knew I needed to commit to me. I needed to commit to my health, to my strength training, to my running so that I could be the best version of me for them. Okay. And once you make that shift, I'm telling you, it is such an empowering place to be. All right. So here's the thing. Change, change is kind of difficult. And that's a tough statement in and of itself. By just saying change is hard, then we're all going to get all resistant to it because our brains don't like to change. Our brains like to stay where we are. Even if we're kind of uncomfortable with where we are, our brains are happier with that level of discomfort than unknown that change brings about. So the problem is if you want your life to change, you have to change your life. So even though change is hard, you still actually want to go through with it. You need to go through the process of changing and push through that part where your brain says, eh, I don't want to do this. That seems difficult. I'm not sure what the outcome is going to be. I'm just going to stay back here in my safe space. You've got to leave the comfort of your safe space so that you can actually make the change in your life that you want to have happen. Right. If you think about anything in your life that's been worthwhile, think about what you had to do to do that thing, right? Did you go to college? You had to leave the the safe space of home to venture out to college, most likely, right? Did you get married? Did you ask that girl or that guy out on a date? Did you decide to have kids? Did you decide to go get that job interview? Anything in your life that you've achieved, you had to step outside of your comfort zone to achieve it. And so I really want to say this one more time, just to knock it home for you guys and just actually think about this. If you want your life to change, okay, and improvement, any sort of improvement is change, right? It's changing from where you are now to where you want to be. So if you want your life to change, you have to change your life. And you get to choose. You get to change your life. You get to decide what is it that you want to change. So back to training with a purpose, right? We talked about training with a purpose. That's going to be the way to run faster, to run longer, to run without injury and achieve success, not only in your running, but in all areas of your health and life. But how do we do that, right? How do we train with purpose? What does that even mean? So we've narrowed it down to the three essential ingredients that you need to find success at a runner, as a runner. 
All right, so the first one, first one we covered last week, that mm -hmm. is your mind. You have to have the appropriate running mind. Um, you have to actually be able to say, I am a runner. That's why we closed out day one with everybody joyfully texting into the chat box, I am a runner. That's huge. If you don't have that as part of your foundation, the rest of it is not really going to come along. Right. So step one, reprogram your thoughts, believe in possibilities, right? Believe in your possibilities more than your limitations, right? And proudly believe that you are a runner. Go ahead and type it in the chat box right now, because we are just going to hit this home with you guys for all three days of this training. I am a runner. Or I am a real life runner. I run my life. Any of those three phrases, I like them all. I am a runner, right? So when you believe that you're a runner, you start thinking like a runner, okay? That's essential ingredient number one, okay? Training your mind for success, mastering your running mind, okay? And that's step one. Step two is to build a strong running foundation by training those three essential ingredients. Again, mind, okay, step one, body, and skills, okay? You, you need to have a strong runner's mind. You need to have a strong runner's body and you need to start master thinking of running as a skill that is able to be improved. Right. So those are your three essential ingredients. Train the mind, train the body and train the actual running skills. And this is how they all come together. Once you actually train all three aspects, it's when they all overlap onto each other that you get to the real life runner lifestyle. Exactly. It's the intersection of mind, body, and skills. It's knowing your purpose that allows you to hit all three of those aspects and not just ignore one of them and be like, eh, I don't really need to focus on that. Then you're ignoring the purpose. You're ignoring the one of the aspects of the running lifestyle because mm -hmm. the lifestyle encompasses all of them for long-term sustainable success. Right. And we created this framework because we know we knew what it was like, right? We were only training the body. We were only doing some of the skills, some of the skills, some of, them. some of the body, right? And then we were kind of ignoring the mind too. You get some of it, right? But when you focus on all three, which we are going to teach you how to do today, okay? And we're also going to teach you how to do that um, in part three. That's when you can just, you're going to skyrocket your success as a runner. Okay. So let's get clear first on the mind. Okay. So what we want to understand about the mind is that your mind is the cornerstone for everything because your thoughts control everything that you do. All right. Your thoughts determine your actions. Okay. So if you think to yourself, I am a runner, then as a runner, that will lead you to the action of going out to run, which then reinforces that identity of runner, right? So when you start thinking certain things, like if you think my run's going to suck today, guess what's probably going to happen, right? There's a greater chance that your run is probably going to suck today, right? Or if you're thinking, gosh, I really hope my knee pain doesn't flare up, <laughs> guess what's probably going to flare up? Even though you're saying, I hope it doesn't, that's not what the brain understands. The brain doesn't work in negatives. The brain is only hearing knee pain. Oh, running equals knee pain. Got it, right? And it sounds ridiculous and it sounds very like woo-woo, but it is the truth. I promise you that. The brain controls so much and there is a definite 100% mind-body connection, okay? Am I saying that your pain is made up? Absolutely not, okay? Your pain is real, but I'm saying that certain thoughts will trigger certain things happening in the body. All right. And your thoughts are going to control everything that you do in your life. Yeah. I think we covered this back in, in the intro. I am a high school teacher. I teach math and I have kids that walk in on the day of a test and you're like, I studied so much, but I always do so bad on my tests. How is that setting them up for success when I'm about to hand them a test? Right. It does it now. They just negated all of their studying because mm -hmm. they told themselves, I always do bad on tests. So then their brain has to find a way to do poorly on what they're just about to do. Same thing happens when you head out and you're like, man, I hope this run goes bad because I'm not feeling so great. I'm not motivated to go out on my run today. The run's not going to feel great because you've told yourself it's not going to feel great. Have a better mindset to it. Have that positive of I'm a runner. And then all of the appropriate running actions follow from that day. Right. Because 
our, your brain, our brains as humans, we don't like to be wrong. Okay. So if you tell your brain one thing, if you're repeating that thought over and over and over again, that thought then becomes a belief. And when you believe certain things, then your brain wants to find evidence to reinforce that belief. That's just how our brain works, okay? There's something in our brain called the reticular activating system. And its job is to filter out all the things it thinks are unnecessary. So there's literally, it's filtering out like 95% at least of like everything that's going on around you right now, right? Have you ever had that experience where you're going to buy a car, right? You want to buy a red SUV, right? And then all of a sudden you notice every single red SUV on the road. This is like our youngest daughter right now, for some reason is obsessed with Teslas. Every single time she sees a Tesla, she points it out, right? So we see Teslas everywhere, right? Because she's looking for them. Her brain has told her that that's important for some reason. And so she tries to find them all over the place. And that's what your brain will do. So if you tell your brain that something is important because you're thinking a thought over and over and over again, your brain's going to continue to find evidence for that. So if you start to think differently, if you start to tell yourself different things and then truly practice those thoughts and, and turn them into beliefs, new beliefs, you can then change the outcomes and the results in your life, right? Because your actions, whatever you do, then determine the results that you have, right? Your thoughts create your actions, then your actions will give you the results in your life. So if you want different results, you have to change your thoughts first. Yeah, you want to set up the positive feedback loop where your actions determine your results that reinforce the positive thought you had at the beginning. If you have the negative thought at the beginning, you're going to get the negative results that's going to reinforce your negative thought. Either way, you're getting a feedback loop. So you might as well get the positive feedback loop where you're getting good results and they're telling you, oh yes, I am a runner. Look at me, I went out and did my run. Have that thought as your basis and it will just keep feeding back to itself. Exactly. Do you guys have any questions on that idea? Give me a yes in the chat if that makes sense to you. Does it make sense that your thoughts are gonna be what create your actions, and then therefore your results. Does that make sense? Or do you have any questions on that? Go ahead and throw those in the chat. All right. Part number two of the real life runners method. All right, good. You guys are totally getting it. And I love that those three of you guys are already on our training team inside our our academy. And I I love that, right? Because this is just reinforcing it. And I love that you guys have joined us today. It's fantastic. All right. So let's talk about the body. All right. When we talk about our body, our runner's body, there are four main areas that we like to think of as building a strong runner's body. Okay. So again, this is essential ingredient number two. When we talk about the three essentials, right? Number two is the body. And we break the body down into strength, mobility, recovery, and nutrition, okay? Because those are really the four pillars that belong inside the body. As a runner, you need to build your strength. You also need mobility, which is the way that your body moves, okay? You need to start to move better if you want to feel better. And then there's recovery. There's recovery, which is super important. This is both a matter of having easy runs or off days or getting enough sleep. These are all different aspects of recovery. You ignore the recovery aspects and you're not ever going to see the benefits from the harder aspects. And then of course there's nutrition, which is somewhat connected to recovery in that it's able to actually put the appropriate fuel, good fuel into your body so that you can then continue pushing through the strength aspects and the running aspects and all the different things because you're fueling your body appropriately. Right. So it gives you more energy, right? Your nutrition gives you energy. So it gives you more energy to perform your training, to feel better during your training. And then it also helps your body recover better, right? When you break the body down, it needs nutrition, your food. Those are the building blocks to help build stronger muscles, to help build stronger body, to fix those little areas of inflammation that may have popped up during your run. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're not fueling well, if you're not getting that nutrition, then you're not going to necessarily have the results. Okay. Oh, this, I didn't realize this was just going to start auto playing. So we wanted to give you guys a, a couple of quick wins. Okay. Of like ways that you can start to incorporate this into your daily life. Right. So back 
step one, essential ingredient number one, again, taking on that identity of runner and starting to question some of those thoughts and beliefs. Okay. There's nothing more important than that. Number two, starting to build a strong runner's body. Okay. There are certain muscles that we need to strengthen as runners that are different than, you know, say football players or soccer players or other athletes out there. And as a runner, you are an athlete. A lot of recreational runners don't understand this idea. Like they're like, no, I'm not an athlete. I just, I just just run. I just run or I just jog. I'm just a jogger, right? I just jog sometimes, right? But you are an athlete. You're going out there and putting your body through an athletic endeavor, right? Whether or not you're racing or not. Obviously, if you're racing, you understand that you're in a competition, even though you might not be competing against other people, you might be competing against yourself or that voice in your head that's telling you to stop, right? There's some sort of competition there, but we also need to build a strong runner's body, okay? So our calf muscles, okay, those are the muscles on the back of our leg between our knee and our ankle, okay? Our calf muscles are extremely important for us as runners, especially as we get older. Yes, especially as we get older because they start deteriorating and you want to make sure that those muscles are actually acting like the appropriate spring to continue moving you forward on your run so that every time you land, it's not just this crashing like plod into the ground that the muscles are actually working correctly to get the spring back off of the ground for you. Right. So one of the best exercises you can do as a runner are single leg calf raises. Okay. So here's a quick video. It's pretty, pretty simple, but this is basically what you're doing. Okay. On one foot, you're rising up and down. Okay. Here's a side view. All right. So you're going to push up onto your toes and you see how it's nice, slowly and controlled. Okay. This is really important. And you want to aim for about 30 of these per leg. If you can do 30 single leg calf raises, you're doing pretty well. Okay. That's really the minimum that we really want to think about or that we want to be able to do as runners, because you need your muscles to be strong and you want your tendons, specifically the Achilles tendon in this one to be springy, to be able to absorb the forces and then spring you forward. Like Kevin was saying, right? So single leg calf raises, if you're not doing them, start doing them today. Okay. Um, that will be definitely a quick win. And if you do these, even just like three times a week, you don't have to do them every day, but if you do them like two to three times a week, you are going to notice you're going to have less foot pain, less ankle pain, less knee pain, less hip pain. Where's your pain, right? Right. Calf raises are one of those things that even though they're all the way down there, when you have strong calves, it can improve the whole, um, like, Of course, the chain, but like the smoothness of your gait cycle, right? You run more smoothly. So when you run more smoothly, there's less jarring forces on the body and there's less wear and tear because your muscles are able to absorb those um, better and propel you forward. So if you try this yourself and you're like, oh, I'm supposed to get to 30 and you are burning at five, that's a fine place to start. You can start and slowly increase your Mm weight until you get to that place where you're like, oh yeah, I can do 30 of these on each and don't rush them because you're not getting the benefit out of them. Mm -hmm. Like standing there and just being like, yep, I've got my calf raises done is not actually at all working your slow methodic calf phrase. Yeah. It should be, as it says in the, on the screen there, a, a three seconds in the process of going up and down. Yeah. If you guys have been watching me at all, I've been doing these kind of throughout the, the presentation before we even got to this, just to kind of stretch my legs out. Like it's just one thing I do. And that's why I love what Jillian says in the chat here. Wow. I didn't know that about calf raises. You can do those any old time a hundred percent. And this is why this is one of the exercises we wanted to show you guys, because we want to break down that idea that runner strength training needs to be this like involved thing, or you need to go to the gym and like all the things like, don't get me wrong. You can do that stuff, but there's also a lot that you can do without equipment, without a gym, you know, just you at home. I do these when I'm washing the dishes, when I'm brushing my teeth, when she I'm does just... them almost every time she's brushing her teeth, let's <laughs> be honest. I, and I stand on one leg a lot too, right? I do. I work on my single leg balance, um, which I'm going to show you one thing in the next slide. Another, I'm going to give you a second exercise that you can do kind of any time. Yeah, I do these one. when I am um, at the kitchen counter, chopping vegetables for dinner and stuff. Okay. Like, so these are things that you can do anytime. All right. Here's another exercise that we wanted to leave you with. This is standing hip flexion. Now, the reason that this is such a good exercise is because you are balancing on one leg, which you need as a runner, right? As a runner, you're essentially 
hopping from one leg to the next, right? So you need to have single leg stability. This exercise is also great for strengthening your hip flexors and your glutes and for um, improving the mobility of your hip, right? You want to try to get that knee up as high as you can, and then you, you contract your glutes when you go backwards. So I'm just going to play it one more time. So when you go up, you're using your hip flexors. And when you go back, you're using your hip extensors, your glute muscles, right? And the, the whole while you're trying to maintain that, the, those level hips, you can notice my hips aren't flopping side to side there, right? They're staying really nice and level. And those are strengthening your glute muscles on the sides of your hips, which again, are very, very important for you um, and for your stability as a runner. Yeah, this is a great exercise because it covers strength and also includes that aspect of mobility. I mean, the calf raises really do also, it includes a little bit of mobility of mm-hmm. within the ankle. If you're doing them barefoot, it includes mobility of like within your foot itself mm-hmm. also, as you have to yep. kind of manipulate your toes on the ground. Yes. Any questions about strength training or the body, please put those in the chat. Um, and we're going to move on to runner skills. So if you guys have questions, go ahead and throw those in the chat. We're happy to answer. Okay. Now, running as a skill. Uh, running as a skill. People don't think it's a skill because it seems so simple. You may have heard people like, oh, running simple. You just have to put a pair of shoes on and off you go. And we all know that there's a lot more involved in that, like maybe a pair of shorts and a shirt. Um, but <laughs> running you is, want to get arrested. Running is, <laughs> is a skill. And just like any other sport or athletic endeavor, there are ways to do it that you can actually work on and improve the way that you're running. Okay, the form that you're running, the effort that you're putting into running, these are all very important skills that you can practice and improve yourself at over time. One of the biggest ones that we want to focus on right now is knowing the different effort levels that you are using when you go out and run. Angie already covered this one earlier. A lot of people, when they go out and run, they say they generally run at like a medium effort. And that's if they've ever even given it thought of how hard are they actually going. They just go out and run. Knowing that you can run at different effort levels and being aware of the effort level that you're doing is a huge benefit to improving as a runner. Exactly. So one of the things one of the cornerstones of our training method is helping people understand that most of your running should be easy. Okay. Let's move on to here. Okay. So we help runners understand and learn how to run by effort rather than pace, right? As runners, it's so easy for us to get tied up in the numbers, right? We want to know what pace should I be running? What t- What's the time on the clock? And that's one of the beautiful things about runners, right? It's very Uh, about running. It's very objective. It's easy for us to track our progress if we're only looking at numbers. But unfortunately, numbers don't tell the whole story. Okay. And so we actually help our runners inside the Real Life Runners Training Academy We help them learn how to listen to their body, how to tap into how hard does this feel? Because your body doesn't know what an eight minute pace feels like. Your body doesn't know what a 10 minute pace feels like. Your body only knows what it feels like on any given day. It only knows effort. It doesn't know pace. It's not like you can just like program it into your computer. Remember that old, that TV show with like the robot, Yes, like the sister robot or something, right? I can't just like program it in. It'd be cool if you could, right? But your body doesn't know 10 minute pace. Like, okay, here we go. Your body only knows effort level. And so we like to train our athletes. We teach them how to assess their effort on a scale of one to 10. It's called rating of perceived exertion. It's a very well scientifically supported way for you to measure intensity level in your training. And when you start to listen to your body, when you start to tap into that, you start to trust yourself more. You start to build a relationship with your body where you can listen to it. And when you're pushing too hard, you can pull back and your body's like, thank you. You start to trust your body and your body starts to trust you. It's a beautiful, you know, relationship. Okay. So running by effort rather than pace, it's absolutely key. Yes. And then learning to trust your body, like you just covered. And here's the really big one that throws a lot of people. It's supposed to feel easy. Yay. The vast majority of the time that you're out there, right? It's supposed to be easy. 
most of the time. This is what people don't understand. And it's so exciting once you find this out. Yeah. And they, I mean, there's, there's books and theories and stuff. And people suggest that only 20% of your running should be in the hard category and hard also includes medium. Yeah. So like 80% of your running should be easy, like really comfortably easy, able to carry on a continuous conversation. Not like I'm going to say a sentence, And then I'm going to be able to say another sentence and you have to like gasp in between them, but a normal, comfortable conversation. You could sing out on your run because it's so easy and relaxing that you could in fact break out in song. That's the level of easy that you're supposed to get. And your body makes different adaptations running easy than running medium, than running medium hard, than running hard. And you have all those levels inside of your body. You just have to trust yourself that those levels exist and start actually being aware and trying to find those effort levels. Yeah. And so if we talk about, go back to that RPE, the radiant of perceived exertion on a scale of one to 10, most runners, like we said, tend to go out at that like five to six, but most of your running should actually be at a level Two, two, two. And this is like mind blowing. And this is one of the things that so many runners, when they come to start training with us, have a hard time wrapping their head around. They're like, wait a second, I'm already a slow runner and you want me to run slower, right? That's, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that almost exact sentence, right? And again, let's go back to step one where we're talking about the mind, right? And this belief that you are a slow runner, which I mean, slow is completely relative. You know, who knows what slow is? Slow for me is not the same as slow for Kevin. Kevin's easy pace and slow pace is my like sprint pace. Like his, what he runs a mile or he ran 31 miles faster than I can run one mile. Okay. So it's completely relative. We get it, right? But when you think you're a slow runner, you're going to be very resistant to trying to slow down and trying to find and tap into that easy pace, right? So again, it goes back to that mind, right? That step one, trying to release some of those thoughts and beliefs that aren't serving you in your training, right? And some people, if they don't like, you know, some people, when they try to slow down, it ends up kind of altering their form, right? And they feel like they're shuffling. And if that's the case, if you feel like you physically are having a hard time running slower, run, walk, is a fantastic method for a lot of runners, especially any beginners, right? Even if you've been running for a while, it's really nice to kind of have a run walk routine planned in. So it's not like you're just giving in and walking whenever you need to, but it's a planned run walk ratio, you know, where you're doing like say three minutes of running one minute of walking and you alternate back and forth. That will help you to ensure that that run stays easy. And this doesn't mean that suddenly all of your runs have to be run walk because we get a lot of pushback on this one of, Ooh, I'm kind of a slow runner. I don't want to incorporate walking into it. That's just going to slow down. It's going to make me take even longer, but some of your runs it to make sure that those runs are easy runs can now become run walks. You can still be out there for the same amount of time. That's part of the glory of not worrying about the exact pace, but saying, oh, I'm going to go out and run for 40 minutes rather than I have to go out and get in my three miles, my four miles, my six miles, whatever it is. I'm just going to go out for some amount of time and I'm going to run walk and see how this goes so that I can enjoy the easiness of my run and then reap all of the physical benefits from running at an easy pace. Right. My PR for the half marathon is under two hours, significantly under two hours. But there are some times, especially in the summertime in South Florida, when it's 92 degrees, feels like 100 degrees, where I go out and do a run walk, even today, because I want to make sure to keep it easy. Because depending on the weather, my heart rate is naturally going to be elevated. It's naturally going to just feel harder, right? So if I And being honest with myself, and believe me, it takes a little bit of swallowing (laughs) of the ego sometimes, right? But if I'm going to be honest with myself and truly make it an easy run, a run walk is a better way for me to do that, okay? So don't feel bad. If you run walk, be open to the idea. Even if you aren't a run walker right now, be open to the, the, you know, maybe trying it out and seeing how that feels in order for you to kind of start to feel what an easy run should be. 
All right, so let's recap, okay? Because we have done a lot today, right? We showed you that training with a purpose is the only way to run faster and longer without injury and create the life that you want to live. Yeah, 100%. The purpose is the key because the purpose then sets you up to having that runner's lifestyle that you're actually going to be able to stay committed and have sustained success. We covered that pushing harder is not at all the key to success. And if you caught day one, you see that we had plenty of negative results ourselves over the years of pushing harder and harder and not getting the results. Exactly. We talked about how motivation is a lie, right? People that tell you that you need motivation, they're lying to you. Okay. Purpose, commitment, consistency. Those are the keys to sustainable change in your running and in the rest of your life. We covered that running can, in fact, feel better. Running does not have to be a source of pain. It doesn't have to hurt whether you're pushing super hard or you're pushing through an injury. It doesn't have to. You are going to uh, you're going to want to do it more when you're not in pain. If every time you go out the door, something is aching and sore, it's going to be a whole heck of a lot harder to maintain your consistency and run. And By running more, you're going to be able to improve your running and improve your overall life. Right. And we also hopefully helped you to release some of the guilt around taking time for yourself and prioritizing your health. If if that's the only thing that you've gotten out of this training so far, I would call that a huge win because guilt and shame just drag us down in our lives. So I really, really hope that we've helped to release some of that for you. If that's something that you were experiencing before today. All right. Then we want to make sure that we've covered all three areas. These are the three essentials to improving yourself, to creating that runner's lifestyle. In day one, we covered the mind. We reiterated reiterated today that the important aspects are the running mind, the running body, and the running skills that you need all three aspects to fit into your running lifestyle for the keys to success. Right. So if you want to improve your running, you also have to improve your lifestyle to set you up for more success and health. So let us know in the chat, Which area do you think you need to work on the most right now? Mind, body, or skills based on what we've talked about so far. Okay. And there's more coming. Don't worry. We got a whole another day of training. Okay. Which area do you think you need to work on so far? Just give me mind, body, or skills in the chat. All right. So now that we know the three main areas that we need to focus on, the question then becomes how, right? Okay. I get it. I need to train my mind. I need to train my body. I need to train my skills. Still waiting for you guys in the chat there. Go ahead and put it in. All right. Body, mind. Okay, good. Right. I know that I need to train all three of these areas because it makes sense, right? What we said today, you guys were all saying, yes, this makes sense. This makes sense, right? So how do we do that? All right. How can I incorporate mind, body, and skills into my training without feeling completely overwhelmed or spending hours and hours on my training every day? Right. Because that's not what we want for you. This is real life runners. We understand you have a real life outside of your running, right? We want running to be a part of your real life and your real life to be a part of your running. So how can I train all three of these areas without just like letting it completely take over everything in my life? Right. That's the opposite of what we should be getting out of this thing. If you're looking at your training now and you're like, Whoa, that's even more than I needed to stick in there. How do I do it? Well, that's, that's what we're getting the next training for is how this all actually incorporates into your life. How can you fit everything and not feel that sense of, oh God, what am I going to get in today? Right. Exactly. So we've already actually talked about steps one and two, right? When we talked about reprogramming the mind and then step two, building that running foundation. Okay. But where there's actually four steps, there's actually two more steps that you need in order to take control of your running and transform into that energized, confident, real life runner that feels amazing. That loves the running lifestyle that you design that chooses the purpose behind all of this. Okay. And that's what we're going to show you on day three. So make sure you mark your calendars and you join us Thursday at 4 p.m. 
We would love to see you live. Again, you guys know we love interacting with you on the chat. So mark your calendars, invite your friends, okay? It's still not too late to sign up. Um, They can head over to the website and still sign up because we've got day one replay already posted. We're going to be posting this one um, right after everything starts to, it it finishes processing. Um, So that should be up by the end of the night tonight. So that, you know, if there's anything that you maybe you want to go back and catch it, that you want to listen to again, to just start to cement those new thoughts in your brain, go back and listen to it, right? Like repetition, when you start to repeat new thoughts, that's how those new thoughts become beliefs, right? So if you don't believe it yet, I want you to borrow my belief, okay? Borrow the belief that I have in you in because I know that you're capable of more. I know it. And this is one of the things that like my friends tell me is a superpower is I believe so strongly in you, in what you're capable of and, you know, in what we're doing here that it makes other people believe in themselves. And that's what I want to help you do. I want to help you believe in your own possibility, in your own power so that you can become the runner, the healthy individual, you know, that you want to be and run when you're a little old lady, like Jillian said, right? That's what we want for you guys. All right. Improvement is possible, but remember you have to believe it first in order to achieve it. Okay. The belief has to come first. Yes. So that's why day one was the mind and day two, we're focusing so much more making sure that we have your thoughts lined up. That's why everybody keeps repeating. I am a runner. That is key. Even if you feel slightly awkward typing it, that's why you need to keep repeating it so that that is just a built in thought that becomes the ingrained belief. And then you start acting from, I am a runner. That's where you change. All right. Any questions? We'll give you guys a minute here to type any questions. I think you guys have been putting questions in as we've been going. So I think we've answered most of the things, but if there's anything on your mind, go ahead and type those in to the chat. Again, we are going to be live on Thursday, December 9th. 2021, okay, at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes, if you have a friend that struggles with motivation, will part three be good? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, Jillian, we're going to talk about it. You know, we talked a lot about motivation today. So I think that you should um, tell your friend to just register so that she can gain access to these replays, okay? Um, because we talked a lot about that today, but part three will also be good because part three is going to wrap it all together and show you guys how to implement this thing, right? We've given you some of the steps we, we, up till now. We've given you the three ingredients. I've given you some, you know, quick wins in um, each of those categories, the mind, the body, and the skills. We helped you understand um, how your mind drives everything. We helped you understand how to strength train, you know, to do a couple exercises as a runner. We helped you understand that most of your runs need to be easy for you to gain the best results, right? Those are the three big things. Um, And then in part three, we're going to be wrapping all of those together. We're going to show you our four part method um, to actually walk you through training mind, body, and skills for success. So definitely. Yeah. Cause once you, have, once you have some structure to how to implement all of this thing, then it goes right back to that principle that motivation is just a feeling and you mm-hmm. don't need to be super motivated to do the thing. You just need some structure to it yep. and fix your mind. And then you just do the thing. Yep. Yep. So we have like a whole thing that we've got for you. On Thursday, you guys, thank you so, so much for spending time with us. Michelle, we're looking forward to seeing you again on Thursday too. All right. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. As I said before, I know it's your most precious resource and we don't take that lightly. So thank you for um, being here with us and we will see you guys on Thursday. See ya. Bye. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us today. There is still time to sign up. Head over to realliferunners.com forward slash live and sign up for this free training series today so you can catch all the replays and join us live on Thursday, December 9th at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast, episode number 229. Now get out there and run your life.